I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. extraordinary with Ben and Stephen and if I sound kind of down in the dumps because we're recording remotely again I haven't seen Ben in person again what four weeks now four whole weeks at least I think yeah I can see him on the screen I can see him on the screen and the lighting in your office sucks by the way you're super dark I know Um, it's like well there's no windows in there there's no natural light yeah you should get one of those little lights that you put on your screen that so I've got a window right behind where I record, so I'm getting natural. You got light. two windows, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a window here and there's a window like there. Yeah. So <laughs> Steven's pointing at his camera, which I'm not sure if he's pointing at the window behind him that I see. Because I see like a window behind you and one on the side of you. No, behind so, the closet. I don't know what's your point. That's a closet. Oh, that's a door. Oh, that's just a yeah. white door. Oh, it looks like a reflection of the glass. Same as the okay, window. Turn around, there's a window that oh is there see i got i got uh nothing yeah so we can get those little this is the abandoned room in our basement we have those little halo round lights that you can put behind your screen and it makes you look all pretty and your complexion nice and if you're if you're into that i also have a big old monitor now on my desk so i probably have a blue glow to me that is coming off of this big old monitor and i took one of our old tvs and put it up here and now I'm using it as a computer monitor with Bluetooth uh, keyboard and all that. Yeah, did you see my setup? I've got the same thing, so I've got a laptop. And then I, I didn't. I was looking at monitors, and then I decided to look at Walmart, and I ended up with a 32-inch Vizio brand-new TV that I can just cast from the laptop to. So I've got, yeah. you saw that, right? So there it is there. Yep. I have the exact same thing, but it's just a Samsung. There we go. Great minds think alike, right? Yeah, buddy. I'm just going to order a new Bluetooth setup. Oh, crap. What did I do? (laughs) A new Bluetooth setup for uh, the office. Mm -hmm. Keep this this one at home because I brought it from the office. So let's introduce today's topic. Today we are talking about the importance of planning and every step that at least we think that goes into planning. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. But... First off, I wanted to talk a little bit, unless Stephen has something to say. I see him kind of about moving his mouth a little bit. Did you have something you wanted to say before I jump into the initial part? Yeah, I think there's more to it than planning. I think the initial idea I had was, let's talk about purpose. And obviously from that comes planning. So the reason being... I think that's one of the steps in planning, though. Yeah, well, I think it's where you start. Because I think there's a lot of people right now that, are going through this process and have been at home for three, four, five weeks, however long it's been. I'm losing track now. Lucky I remembered it was Monday to record. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people. Probably what time it was. And there's a lot of people that are sort of really questioning, having, for want of a better term, an existential moment where they're kind of wondering, this is a temporary normal. And they're kind of having these thoughts, do they want to go back to what was normal? Or do they want to create a better normal, a new normal that looks nothing like what they're doing now, whether that be job, whether that be recreation? And I'm, like I said, I'm sitting right by a window. I've seen when I'm working, I'm seeing people out running who clearly don't run very often, right? And I'm talking about their yeah. physique, their, their the way they run. We're seeing people do things that they wouldn't normally do because they have extra time. And I wonder now if, if, there's a, if this is the pause that we all needed 
to truly find a purpose or, or chase down a side gig that we want to make our main gig or something like that. And obviously the planning comes after the, the purpose and the, the realization that maybe I didn't like life as much as I did. And some of us are happy and some of us realize that, and, and I'm going to point to myself here, I love the autonomy I have. The only thing I miss right now is the true human interaction that I used to have. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of it, and I, I agree 100% with what you said, is though the only part I'll add is I think people need to be intentional, though, with the time they have now because it is hard because you don't have that social interaction. You feel kind of tired and depressed. So you need to almost create an environment in which you can take time to be intentional about those values and dreams and things that are important to you, right? So one of my first points was that understanding the environment in which you think best, right? Like, because I think your dreams and your values and those things you want to accomplish in life take actual thought. And I think you and I both agree, and you stated it just a second ago, that starting with the end in mind, that's why I wrote, like, read the book of your life backwards, right? Start with the end and read backwards. What do you want the last page of your book to look like the book of your life, right? And then build the book backwards. So but knowing where to start, I, I think knowing what you value is really important. I remember somebody asked me one time, they were saying like, you know, I want this and this, and these are all material things, you know, for the most part, but I want this house and I want my life to look like this and I want freedom with my time and I want to make a lot of money and I want that, and sometimes these things contradict each other, right? Like sometimes oh, I want freedom with my time and I want to make a lot of money I mean, that doesn't happen necessarily, but you don't get to be home every night with your family and make a million dollars plus a year in every situation. Some people they do, but I think if you were to look back at a period in time, there was sacrifice, right? That was made. So you might get there and you might have five o'clock with your family and make a million dollars a year, but are you willing to do what it takes prior to that and see the end in mind, Right to see that, hey, there's going to be long nights, there's going to be late nights. So, and is that something that you really want? Is it worth the million dollar income later? Is it really worth it? And then you have to ask your, answer that question. This is uh, interesting because I was just talking to my boss about this this morning. I've, I've been on the phone a lot with a couple of bosses today. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But my, my direct boss, Alex, who I talk about quite often, we were talking this morning about his value proposition. So essentially, he's a division manager. And for want of a better term, and I don't want to belittle what he does because he's amazing, he's, he's a leader, he's, he's become a true inspiration to how much people can grow for me. He's essentially a recruiter. So his job in recruiting and what we do is really hard because one, the comp plan is scary to a lot of people because it's 100% commission. And a lot of people take three steps backwards as soon as they realize it's 100% commission, right? So that's number one. Number two is people don't generally look at that big picture and realize that true wealth can be built with 100% commission plus residual income plus an equity piece in what you're selling, right? So it's a hard sell. You know, we, we talked about the fact that he wants to do that role. The next, two, the next two logical steps for me, if I follow the same career path as him, are to move into that. And I basically said, look, I can lead and be a recruiter without actually being in that role and without having the responsibility of other people's performance. So I don't mind being a leader, and we've talked about this before. Um, mm-hmm. but I, don't, I don't think that's my long-term purpose. I think what I see as my long-term term purpose is providing that leadership, but also, and you know I'm going through the process right now of working on a, a promotion of sorts that will put me in a position to, to work on major corporate deals like Caesar's Palace and Arby's and um, you know, national deals, we call it national accounts. So there's big um, money, but that makes a, that makes more sense to me in terms of progression than becoming a manager. Cause I don't want to manage people. I want to lead. Right. Yeah. So it, that, that's just interesting. That Well, that's a really, no, it, it's a really interesting point, right? Because you have two, I mean, you both start with, with the end. Right. And I think for a lot of people, they think, well, their dreams are still logical, if that was what I was saying is, right? So the next linear step would be to become a manager. And then the next linear step would be to move up to a regional or whatever, right? It's like, so there's these steps that people think that that is how they, in their mind, are defining success is by going up the ladder, right? When 
that doesn't necessarily bring the most value and joy out of life. So it was just going through these logical steps, you know, steps. Sometimes dreams aren't logical and that's why they're called dreams, right? It's like, so creating again, that environment in which you can allow your mind to run. And then also saying, I really like the idea of that. Okay. What's it going to take to do that? Am I willing to do that? Because I remember Tim asking me once, he's like, you know, some of the things and sacrifices that he's had to make, which I wouldn't want to make to my colleague, uh, which I wouldn't want to, to go through or have to make, uh, he's had to do. And I don't know if he would say he would do them again, knowing that they were sacrifices he had to make. But when you can look at someone else and where they're at and like, oh, man, here were the trade-offs that they made, intentional or unintentional. Do I want to do that? No, not really. I don't want to make some of those sacrifices. So are you going to be happy and content with, you know, 250, 500 a year or whatever it might be where you want to get to versus the million and having that time with your family, right? Mm-hmm. So I think and most people don't do it. They don't take the time to be intentional. That's what I was saying. Take the time to be intentional, you know, set out a half an hour or an hour. Well, the other part of that, Start there. Where, I was, where I was initially going to go when I started talking about Alex, is we, we discuss regularly how as he's recruiting, he'll try and, this is good and it's bad. He'll use me as a model and he'll show people, hey, this is Stephen and I'll meet with them as well. So we'll go for coffee. And he likes to tell people, you know, Stephen generally doesn't like to be engaged with customers after 2 p.m. He starts early, finishes early. Um, it's not to say that he doesn't. But I feel where the disconnect comes is that people want total autonomy. And this situation that we're in right now with COVID is letting people work from home. And there's going to be two major realizations by companies. And, and just generally, I think people will realize either they can work from home and be productive or they can't work from home and be productive. And I think some companies are going to go, okay, that person was really productive at home. Maybe we offer them the ability to work remotely. Do you want to go and live in California versus live in Boston or New York or whatever? You're welcome to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be here for these meetings. And then they save on them because they're not having to put out for the office space. So if they can think big picture, it might be cheaper for them to have people work remotely. And then there's going to be the people that can't not go to the fridge, can't keep the TV off, you know, aren't being distracted by wifey and kids and dogs and neighbors and so on and so forth. So I think there's a certain amount of, um, when it comes to autonomy and discipline, you have to earn the right to sort of be in a role like you and I as well. And that your, your office knows as well, if you walk out the door at 1 p.m. and you're done for the day, you're not taking PTO, I'm not taking PTO, but or the people around us trust us that shit's been done and... I think a lot of people might be having the realization that their nine to five isn't what they want and they want mm-hmm. autonomy and they want a little more. I think the real, the major realization is that that has to be earned. It can't just be, Oh, we're going to start you right away where you only need to put in 20 hours a week. Cause I know, and we've talked about this, my 20 hours a week and someone else's 20 hours a week in the same position isn't the same. It's not apples to apples, you know? I think the other part of that though too is autonomy takes a lot of it again it all comes back to intentionality a lot of intentionality right because like you're not just being told what to do throughout the day anymore too and i think a lot of people are used to being told was like just tell me what to do and i'll do it like mm-hmm. that's great but we need self-starters and if you're someone who wants to work from home or if you're someone who wants to start your own business that takes a lot of self-starting there's not necessarily a roadmap for what you want to do that's why you have to take be that self-starter and create the plan right so you have to, you are now your own boss, even to some degree being at home working, you know, in your basement, but you're now your own boss. You now know what you have to do throughout the day. Maybe you still have a morning huddle every 8 a.m. every day or something like that with your team. But I mean, your employers are relying on you a lot right now to get stuff done well, by yourself without, a, without just being told every day what to do. I actually just talked about this. There's a reason. So our company's made structural changes. So again, I have no salary, but people that are on salary within our company have had to take reductions. Sales department hasn't because we're still out producing. So essentially the onus is there. And there's a lot of people in the sales department that are producing, 
which obviously debunks the myth that you can't do business in, in, a, in a situation like this. And then there's people in the sales department that maybe historically have produced or haven't, but now they're making the excuse that they can't produce. And it's like, well, half of the, half of the salespeople are showing that you can and half of you are making excuses. So which is, which is the right way? And yeah. that's just in sales. That's in everything. You know, I think a lot of people will point to, well, it's, I'm distracted at home. And it's like, well, you have to create an environment that doesn't distract you. Yeah. No, and I think we, so, we talked about opportunities. So I mentioned side hustles becoming main hustles and things like that. I don't think we've ever had an opportunity for anybody to have an extra few hours every day to really focus on putting together a plan. You know, if, if, you're, if you're working in retail, but you want to own your own place, why not put the plan in place now? Why not get all mm-hmm. the tools and the templates that people use to build out business plans so that when you're ready to do that, it's done? You know, or take an online course about what it means to run a business too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've said it before too. Not all learning has to be structured learning through academia, right? I mean, education can be learned in a lot of different areas too. So, but yeah. no, I mean, it, before we just wrapping up the goals thing, because we're moving really into pl- the planning process here. Obviously, talking about action steps and those types of things you can do. It's like identify your values, identify your goals, identify the things you really want, and spend time thinking on just those things and what it'll actually take. Because I think what you're going to find is the things that you think you really want out of life. You don't necessarily want to put the work in to get there too. And you don't want to put in the sacrifice to get there. And Mm -hmm. if you go through that exercise and you come out that you actually do want to risk it and you do want to grind it out, then there you go. There's your dream, right? There's your goals and there's the values and the things that you find important. And to put that into context. Okay, now moving on. How many people... A month and a half ago, if you'd have said, hey, how would you like three or four weeks to stay at home and do nothing but watch TV? You won't work. You'll still get paid because a lot of people still are, right? A lot of, I guarantee there would have been people going, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm all in. And now you've got people mm-hmm. that are home for three, four, five weeks and they're desperate to get out of the house and go to work. And they realize that, to your point, what you think you want and what you actually want, we were built to be active. We were built to literally interact with each other and we were built to be worker bees inactivity leads to mental health issues leads to physical health issues leads to you know just absolute boredom yeah it's uh i think that's important to realize that's why i think a lot of people are probably looking at their day-to-day and going i'm going to stick this out for a few more months but the second things are back to normal i want to have a plan in place to transition from what I'm doing daily to this, what I look like daily to this. Um, And that comes back to the fitness thing that I mentioned, just seeing people being active that have never had any interest in being active. Maybe just didn't have the wherewithal or the get up and go to do it. Now they're doing it. Well, and I think even to that fitness, like you and I talked about before with that, you know, when we were talking about fitness in, uh, in 2019, I think that it's all about balance too, right? And it depends on like, you love the gym, you love going to the gym. And right now you have a lot of time to be able to do that too, right? I mean, you're busy with your job and other things, but like you have, and you take the time because you value that, right? I don't value the gym or my physique, really, how I look as much as spending time at home with family too, and kids and going on a walk with them or anything else but going to the gym sometimes, right? So it's like, find the things that you're showing. Cause like, yeah, I'd love to have a six pack and that'd be sweet. But do I want to do what it takes to get the six pack? No, not really. So I value the things that, uh, that I can do with that time more than I value the six pack. You but what I was going to, I'll end it with this. Oh, go on. Talking. Go on. I was going to say, I, I think though, it's truly a gift if you're able to identify what it is that you really want out of life, because I think so many people are never able to actually identify that too. So if you come to some realization during this, that you know something, that you truly know something or find something else out about yourself, then you, it would be a disservice not to actually chase it down. So there you go. Exactly. You had mentioned uh, talking about the planning phase and the, the action steps that you guys take in putting together a, a, a wealth plan or a, a financial plan. Do you want to sort of talk about yeah. and how we, can, how we can draw from that and apply that daily, weekly, monthly, so on? 
So that's yeah, kind of cool. Our process for financial planning is what Steve has talked about, right? And so we take people through a financial planning process. And I say a process because there's multiple meetings in here too. And the whole idea is let's start with what you value. And I think this, this process, uh, you know, obviously it's for financial base, but I think you could apply it to anything. And what we found though, initially in the traditional model is, and I think this is how people plan traditionally too, by not putting enough time into it, is they haven't truly thought out the things that they value, that they want, that they find important in their lives that are going to bring them the most happiness, right? And the most value out of life. So, I mean, as I, as I think the idea at the end of it all is like, if you die with tens of millions of dollars, but you were unhappy, what good did that bring you or anybody else around you, right? So how can we empower you, I think is what a plan is all about. How can we empower you to live your life for maximum happiness, maximum joy, maximum impact on those around you, right? So what we start with is identifying those things that clients find valuable, right? And we do this, uh, we actually have a process where we help facilitate this for both CFO spouse, non-CFO spouse, as we call them. So those uh, that are more maybe financially dominant in a couple than those that are not financially dominant in a couple. And if it's one, then obviously we don't need to worry about that as much as so we just bring them through the process. But if it's a couple, each of them is going to have uh, their own basically way of sharing their values with us. And each of them has their own voice. So the wife or husband will go, then wife or husband will go. And at the end of it, I understand, okay, for Jane here, it's really important that they feel financial empowerment. And for her, that means having $100,000 in the savings account. And it means that they want a steady income stream. She's worried because she grew up uh, in a poor family. Her parents never had any money. They lost the house when she was a kid, right? What are some of these root things that drive her values, right? And when you can understand the root that drives the goal or the dream, Mm -hmm. I think there's real meaning behind it then, right? And then we apply a process and a plan to that. So, okay, it's important that she always has 100000 How are we going to make sure? Where does that go? Where do we put it so that, you know, we can maintain the integrity of it, maybe still make a little bit of money on it, and she can see her 100000 And then it's implementing small action steps going forward, right? So, okay, you know, Jane and John are going to need uh, $2 million, when they retire to fund this type of lifestyle with a hundred thousand in their savings account to feel that financial empowerment, to be able to go and spend time with the grandchildren, to travel to Italy like they've always wanted to do, you know, to lend money to their kids to start up a business. So what are the micro steps that we need to take? Okay. Well, that means we need to put away $2,000 a month for the next 20 years, or, you know, that means we need a lump sum of 250 now and a thousand a month going forward. And so those, that, then the, those micro steps are that thousand a month, right? It's mm -hmm. every month doing it, even in the hard times, like right now, when people are seeing account values down 10 to 30% and they're wondering, oh my gosh, is this working, right? Is sticking to the plan, sticking to the process. And we've mentioned this in past ones because that, plos, that process and that plan is how you're going to experience the success at the end of it, right? That's how you're going to get to the last page of your book that you want to write. And I think that's, uh, that's amazing to start there and it's amazing to build that out. But I think the important thing and probably the most important thing that you probably didn't mention is that that's a fluid model. It's not. So if you plan on doing it in 12 weeks, but you're six weeks into it and you realize it's going to take 14 weeks, it doesn't mean you give up. It just means that you move the goalpost a little bit. Right. And everything's fluid. So I think when we can probably tie this all back to fitness. You start with a fitness goal in mind and you start in January and you say, by March, I want to be 20 pounds lighter or 15 pounds lighter, whatever it is. And you set a two pound a week goal and that's absolutely doable. Mm -hmm. But then you realize somewhere down the line that, all right, that week I didn't lose two pound that week. I lost three pounds and you do the math and you're like, well, by March, I'm only going to be down 10 pounds. But you don't just throw in the towel. You're like, okay, so it's going to take a little longer, but we're still going to get there. And you adjust your plan. Yeah. You adjust what you're eating. Maybe you adjust how much cardio you're doing, how many weights you're lifting, how you're lifting, what you're doing, the intensity. So, you know, we talk about it in fitness quite often where it's intensity and frequency, right? And 
The same thing can be done mm-hmm. in any other any other plan, whether it be a business plan, a life plan, a, a dating plan even. Maybe you plan on going on two dates a week until you meet the right person. You know, and one week mm-hmm. you don't go on one and one week you don't go on any, but you, it doesn't mean that you change the goal. It just means that you change the approach on how you get there. And I think that's important. Your plans are always fluid when it comes to this kind of thing. Well, uh, what I'm writing down right now, in case I wasn't sure if you were actually done, but is we, we actually use the terminology of being directionally accurate. So your plans need to be directionally accurate, not perfect, because life happens and life is going to alter your plans. Mm-hmm. So you're going to start out with something that you think is going to be the plan, and, but life never goes according to plan. We just hope that it's directionally accurate and it's going in the right direction. And then as you're getting along the way, every year you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to course correct and you're going to have to realign your plan one way or another, depending on what variables have thrown it off course this year. We use the analogy of an airplane, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you set out on a flight path, right, from LA to JFK, we'll say, right, and you're flying across the United States and your plane gets off one degree even from LA and you're off one degree. It's like you're landing in an entirely different state than getting to New York. You're not even in the same state. So at some point these pilots have to check back in with flight control and look at the radar and see where the heck they're going. Right. I mean, it's the same idea in life. It's like, if you never stop and look, if you're still on the right uh, uh, plan, excuse me, then how do you even know where you're going? You're, you might not even be pointed in the same direction that you started. So, so yes, we do reevaluate every year too. Yeah. And let me ask you this. In this COVID process, what realizations have you had? What, cause, and, and I'm going to give um, context here. Last week is probably the most, not that you're not normally engaged, but it's the most excited and most engaged you've ever been in an interview when we were talking to Tom Simpson. Like you were, yeah. when I was editing that, I mean, you asked more questions, you were engaged, you were really obviously interested in venture capitals and venture capitalists and angel investing. That's just right up your street. So you, have you had any realizations through this where you're like, okay, here's a direction I would like to go as an additional income, as a, as a diversification tool? Where are you at? What have you had in terms of realizations? Getting deep with me here, huh? Getting deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I think you know that I've always wanted to do venture capital. Like, I have a uh, a love for entrepreneurialism, even though I'm not the traditional entrepreneur, right? Uh, I mean, I, I have a mad respect for anybody who's willing to take a risk, put it all on the line, and do that. So something I would love to do someday is get into – uh, I, mean, I can't necessarily advise on all aspects of entrepreneurialism, but there are certainly certain aspects from a financial standpoint that I could advise on entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurs on, and then also investing in them too. It's like, so I'd love to get to the point I told Lauren this, and I've said this for years where, you know, you put money every year into a new startup. So I'm just bogus numbers. We'll just say every year, $25,000 is going into a startup. So I'd love to get to the point, and that kind of was my number, honestly, was $25,000 every year goes into a new startup. And uh, I haven't set a timeline on when that happens or the true dollar amount at the end of the day, but I would love to put money every year into a new startup. Sometimes it's the same startup, you know, recapitalizing maybe. Uh, that was, that's always been something. So that's why I was excited about the Tom Simpson interview, right? Because I just get off on that stuff as it is. But uh, I think the other part of that is what I love doing and one of my passions is creating something from nothing, right? So that's probably why I do well in a commission type structure is because you start with zero and you build something, right? And at the end of the day, I take great pride in saying like, I built this, you know, and it's like, and it was, I mean, there were certainly people along the way that held me clients that referred in centers of influence that referred in, but it's like, but I created those relationships, right? With people and I asked for it and built it and grinded and did a good job for these clients and they referred to their friends and it came and it happened. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what probably why I was passionate about that. Cause I like both of those things. They both align really well with me. As far as the reality of this whole time period. Uh, I mean, I told Lauren, I was like, I could think I could start working Fridays from home too. It's like I could work Fridays from home. And a lot of the time market closes. Uh, I mean, well, market always closes at one, but 
market closes and then I'm only there for an hour or two after that anyway. So I could work till two on Friday and then go to the lake with my family or go on a walk or whatever, right? It's like just a day where you don't have to get dressed up and go into the office. Uh, so that's one reality that's kind of come about. And then there is the reality of, uh, I mean, my obviously pay has been affected given the current pullback in the markets. So my wife is unemployed right now because she's a dental hygienist and they closed uh, dental offices until the 18th of May in Washington. And uh, I uh, got a pay cut essentially for the time being. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting mix to have your wife unemployed and you get a pay cut. So it's made me think, okay, I want a little more security in terms of capital in my bank account. And I want other kind of investment vehicles that are driving income. So not necessarily more things that take my time, but more things like that VC thing where I'm investing in companies that hopefully down the road or real estate down the road that gives me uh, additional income sources. But yeah. so that's kind oh, of the okay. nerdy side. I always think on a numbers kind of thing. Well, without going into detail, obviously you had already before any of this happened, you had some ideas and threw some, some lines out there to talk to some people about different things and sort of, yeah. So you're, you are already going down that path. I think if anybody ever came to you looking for capital, you would give them the time of day. You would look at it. You would have a look at, is it worthwhile? Is there a realistic return? What's your risk reward factor, right? Yeah, I think you're already- Well, and I'll just say, and I, I would not, didn't mean to cut you off, I want to say, that doesn't mean leaving finance necessarily, just so people are clear. So it's like Tim or somebody listens from my yeah. office. They're like, <laughs> wait a second, Ben's looking at other things? No, not like that. In addition to, I love my job, I love my clients. There's certainly days where it's difficult and hard and you question what the hell you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had, uh, this is probably one of the most emotional jobs that I could have ever have imagined. And you just don't think about it. I mean, you're dealing with death, divorce, mm -hmm. uh, parents and kids fighting, disagreements, uh, marital abuse. I mean, I just had one that was actual physical abuse where they're going through divorce and so, I mean, it, it, it gets real. I, it, it's just, a, it's so emotionally. Every time I talk with somebody who's getting into this industry, I'm like, the one thing I underestimated the most is the emotional toll that it takes. Because you are in the most intimate detail of people's lives that permeates every area of their lives, money. Yeah. So, I love, I mean, but I love that because it's rewarding too. Yeah. That goes so I don't plan on leaving. I mean, you know that I have an intimate understanding of a lot of business owners' finances. And, you know, obviously mm -hmm. they trust that and, and I love that they trust that and they give me access and it lets me consult on a whole different level from what most people can in my position. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. It's emotional when you're, when, I mean, I'm talking to business owners almost daily that are talking about maybe not opening up on the other end of this. So. Mm -hmm. Well, restaurateurs for a lot of them for you. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll share some stuff on the, offline here about i'm talking really well known long time established oh, i'm sure um i'm sure i've heard uh, the same rumors but sadly again touching on that there's opportunity for both of us here and that as those businesses so for me and i don't want this to happen but as those businesses close new businesses will take those spaces and do new things and there's opportunity for me with you i mean you mentioned that you've reached out to people whose advisors haven't talked to them and that's going to, whether it's now or in a year or two years time, you're going to come out on the other side of this much further ahead than where you were in terms of client count. Maybe not in terms of total assets managed, but in terms of client count, even if you get two or three people out of doing those calls and reaching out and being a, a genuinely good human and checking in on people, I think that's, that's going to truly serve you well in the long run. You know, I think careers are built during times like this. Yeah. So I, I used catapulted, but, oh, I used but how about you? Hold on. What are yours? What are the things that you've been thinking about during this time? Because I know you're a thinker. Oh, I'm an overthinker. And I know one of them's probably shared is you and I both are more social than we probably were initially even thought we were too. And not being able to see folks is tiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's probably grinding on me the most. And I truly love, and we mentioned this with, with Tom Simpson, I truly love being able to walk from my office to go for a coffee and run into four or five people I know. You're standing in line at Indaba, 
somebody comes in, you give them a hug and you say, hi, I miss hugging people. But that's not what you ask. So my realizations have been along the lines of one, I don't ever want to be without the ability to work out again. So I've done something about that. When this is done, I'll have a home gym set up. It doesn't mean that I'll use it very often, but it will be a full home gym set up with a rack and everything else. I'm actually, when I get off with you, our buddy Greg, who owns a couple of Anytime Fitnesses, I reached out to him yesterday. He's going to let me take some dumbbells and stuff because I've been looking at them online and people are exploiting it and charging $800 for a couple of dumbbells. And you know, Yeah, just not okay. So I'm going to take a bunch of them home, uh, look after him. I keep trying to get a number from him and he won't give me a number, but I told him I'm not taking it for free, that I'm going to rent them and make sure there's money in his pocket because he's obviously got people cancelling and his income will be down on this as well. So want to look after him. And that's one realisation that I have to do a lot in order to make sure that if there is any kind of disruption in terms of getting to the gym again, that I'm set up at home. It's just a huge part of my <laughs> The other thing is that as much as I get the true interaction with people face-to-face, I probably don't reach out to family and friends that I don't see daily or weekly as much as I should. And I'm trying to keep that front and center. I mean, I'm reaching out to, I've got three or four a day that I write down at the start of the day. And basically my goal is to talk to them before the the end of the day, whether that be a video call or a phone call, just checking in on people. In a sales perspective, I don't do that. I think it's terrible terminology when you call a customer or a prospect and say, hey, I'm just checking in. I like to call them with a purpose. But when it comes to personal relationships, I think that can go a long way. For instance, Sunday, I had a, a Zoom call with six of my friends that I used to coach soccer with in Chicago. And basically every sick meme or picture or video that I send you guys in our group chat usually comes from that group. If that perspective. <laughs> so we, we kind of terrorized people. We, we terrorized Illinois and Wisconsin running around and drinking and having fun. So that group kind of got together. And as much as we talk on that damn WhatsApp group, that was the first time face to face I'd seen any of them for over 10 years. Um, well, except Jay. So Jamie Hills, he was on there. But the rest I hadn't talked to. I found out one's in San Diego and I could have seen him multiple times when I was down there. Um, moved from Michigan to San Diego five years ago and I'm like Jesus Brookie you should have told me this and we could have hung out taking stock of that that's a realization that you don't you think you know what's going on with people and you don't I would say that a major realization is that what I've done in terms of working out and being mentally healthy not physically but the mental health aspect of that has really hit home because I do feel a little more lethargic because home workouts just don't cut it. So that's why I'm getting weight so that I can actually lift and, and do that stuff. On a, from a mental health perspective, I've had a major realization that there's a lot of people that just aren't mentally strong. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are complaining, the ones that are really struggling. You know, I don't like this, but I know I'm mentally tough enough to get through it. Um, but there's a yeah. lot of people, when we come out the other side of this, there's going to be a lot of people that need counseling and help and, you know, want to make sure that I'm there to help if I, if I need to. Yeah, I mean, those are the major realizations in terms of negatives. In terms of positives, I've realized that I'm blessed. You know, I can still work. There's opportunity for mm-hmm. all of us. Um, you have a job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have a job that's so flexible that I can still do it right now. You know, so flexible that I can still make really good money right now. So flexible that even the businesses I help that have to be closed, I can still give them an outlet, whether that be online processing or freezing fees or just helping every, everybody that I possibly can, you know? So yeah, there's, there's, there's positive and negative realizations, but I think for the most part, um, I also realize that I want to travel a whole lot more, like not being able to go places. I was supposed to, at the end of the day, to go to Chicago to meet up with my parents and spending time with my nephews there. That's not going to happen now. But yeah, I definitely want to travel. And I'm an experiences guy, not a things guy. And this is this process has kind of made me realize that I don't do that enough. I need to go places and do things and not have as many days that I'm sitting sedentary at home, you know, just do nothing. It, uh, I was supposed to be in Santa Barbara right now, visiting my brother with Lauren and Weston and my folks and everything. So it's just like, girl. Oh, I could have so badly used a vacation too. 
Instead, you're but, sitting at home in your basement looking at my mug. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. I have a beautiful home to sit in, plenty of food. It's all good. So back to the kind of the actual, the planning and all of that too. I was thinking about the idea of a plan and it kind of relates to me like a budget. Like I tell clients, like sometimes you need to go and you need to go when you need to do a budget. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily are always going to stick to it perfectly, right? Just like you don't stick to a plan perfectly, but it means that you took the time to think it through. And I think what a plan shows people is that you took the time to think it through because uh, think about a business plan. You go and you're in a business plan competition and you're pitching to VCs like Tom, right? And, and, and Tom, I don't think necessarily cares as much about what's in the plan. I'm sure to some degree they do. And he might be able to speak to this, but I'm sure just the fact that somebody went through and spent all the time and thought and diligence creating this plan and thinking it through, I mean, just gives validity to who they are. Right. So yeah. I think a plan is proof. It's, it's proof that you actually want what's what's on the other side of it and then it's eventually sticking to the plan right i mean of course correcting at times so that was just kind of something i wanted to say it was like a plan is just proof that you care enough exactly that you've thought it through 100 percent agree with that yeah a plan shows that you care it really does plan shows that whether you succeed or not you've put the groundwork in to try and succeed right the, the the steps are there now whether you keep putting the groundwork whether you keep working obviously the application then is the next process in evaluating if someone is going should be part of it or not but the the plan and then the application and then obviously they always say the application like the the journey is the fun part it's not mm-hmm. getting to the goal there's a there's an ice cream ice cream truck going by can you hear it ice cream truck <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to chase them down the street. Uh, <laughs> go get some ice cream. Yeah. But the other part of that, Stephen, I think what's really, I mean, it's, so it's goals, application, right? And then measuring small uh, results. Because I think sometimes you need to take stock of how far you've moved forward. Because sometimes goals are so big and ostentatious that you don't feel like you're ever making progress. So sometimes you need to stop and you need to take stock of where you started and where you are now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you count your wins because I mean, I know I, I don't do a good job of this always. It's like, Oh, I want to be here. And I want to be, there. and it's like, then you need to go back and you need to stop and you need to look at where you started and you need to look at all the wins that you've already had in the progress that you're making in this plan. Right. It's like, no, you're not to the end of your book yet. You haven't reached your end goals yet, but you have made such massive strides. And I think this is everybody in planning, right? It's like, look at where you're at in your plan. Look at the steps that you've already completed in your plan. Yep. And then take heart in that because there's going to come times just like right now when the mental anguish is tough and shit goes sideways and you're going to feel like quitting because it's not working. When in reality it is working, this is just all part of the process. The tough times are part of the process and you need to look back at your plan, look at your wins, look at your successes and then keep grinding on because that's how you're going to get to that end goal in the long run is by grinding on through times like this and through the tough times and the times where you're striking out, you feel like. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You, um, I think we've talked about how productive this time can be. One of the things that we joked about a couple of podcasts ago was that that article that said that podcast listenership was down during this COVID-19 thing and really, well, we just had a record month. So it shows that there are people out there trying to apply themselves or just do something different, right? Because that means at least a few more people have listened to a podcast that essentially, whether we realize it or not, or whether we want to admit it as a self-help podcast, we're talking to people trying to help people improve, including ourselves. Um, you know, totally. I wonder if, if audible and documentary watching and stuff like that, like non-traditional education is going up during this. And I have to assume that it is. Well, I know my wife through the library is learning French. Like there's apps that you can get through the library half an hour a day and you can learn another language just for free through the library, right? So it's like people are doing little things. Like, well, I always wanted to learn French. So when we go to France, I can order my you know, dinner in French. It's like, okay, cool. People are doing even small things, just a half an hour a day of learning French. 
right? Just to make themselves incrementally better. Are you cut out? Sorry. Said I've been strumming the guitar for 20 minutes every day, just trying to get back into that. See, there you go. It's like I think they talk about it even in fitness. You see, look at I'm circling back to fitness for you, Stephen. Is like start with a push up a day. Yeah. Just start with a push up every night, and then go to two push ups the following week, and then three push ups the following week, or whatever timeline you want to use. But like small, 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 small micro habits is that book that I guess Dickerhoof gave us, right? Or if you're creating micro a habits. Group. You just start with a hundred push-up cheeses. Because <laughs> your men's group is the devil. No. Oh my Lord, absolute loonies. Every day when yeah. you those fitness challenges, I'm just looking and I'm going, well, I might not be lifting weights, but holy wow. <laughs> like, if I, if I never... I, I feel them, bad for anybody yeah. that's in your group. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't had one today, actually. Nobody sent a challenge today. So now it's going to come late in the day. And I'll have weights by then, and I'll have to decide if I actually am going to do the group challenge or just my own lifting weights. Why don't you throw out a double challenge, challenge them back. But I see your challenge, and I raise you a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I challenge your challenge. Challenge your and challenge. Like, I don't have weights, Stephen. Yeah. Well, That's we've, funny, um, but... do you think we've, we've kind of talked about this enough? Should we uh, – Sign off. We filled 50 something minutes, 50 minutes. I don't yeah. know if nobody else wants to hear us talk. So it's funny because, but, so, because you, have, you dial in and get on early normally when we do these remotely. You like in our last three podcasts, you've been like, we're an hour in and we're actually only like 50 minutes in because <laughs> you've been on. Because I'm like two minutes or. Ben sings obscene songs to himself until people join, but because I set the meetings up to automatically record. When I'm when I come to edit it, I get to hear what he's been talking <laughs> about for the first few minutes he's been on there with nobody else. Uh, and he sings <laughs> obscene songs. Sometimes I do sing a song, and I do that for you, Stephen. <laughs> you actually Just to make you smile. You, you giggled with glee when you're like, "Oh, Stephen's going to have to edit this out." <laughs> yep, <laughs> I do. I think I even say that to. Yeah, like, <laughs> you lunatic. Oh, we're recording. Uh, you lunatic. Hey, you know what? Sometimes just smiling and laughing is good. If I can bring a little bit of joy to your day, Stephen, even when I'm not there. There you go. I'm then, happy. Oh, good day. Yep. But, well, well, guys, appreciate you listening to us ramble. Stay happy and healthy. Look after yourselves and, you know, reach out to somebody that you don't normally talk to. Seriously, it's been super rewarding for me. Put a smile on your face, yeah. chat with somebody, make it a video chat. Count your blessings. This is a really good time to reconcile with people as well. I think often we carry a lot of like little needless grudges and such. Use this time for a little reconciliation with people that you, you want to have in your life but aren't there. But there you go. Agreed. That's all I got. Ben, you got anything? I, I think that's good. No, I would just say, you know, encourage them. Take the time, you guys. Be intentional. You've got it now. Take the time to think about what you really value in life. Think about implementing the process. It can be a long one. Just do something. Be better today than you were yesterday. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Rate, review, share. We love when people share stuff, especially on the social medias. Tag us. You can tag O2E Journey. You can yes. tag Ben or I individually. Yeah, send, send a Please. podcast you enjoy to somebody else. Maybe that and enriches their lives a little bit. Well, and I think you don't realize how much that does mean for people, even just to show them that you're thinking of them. So do, yep. you know, share it. Even if it's not ours, share something. They're like, hey, thought you might enjoy this podcast. Absolutely. Ben's eyes look really good in the camera, even though you can't see it. I can't see them. It's just, you're just like a shadow, dude. All right. Well, until the next time, <laughs> be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.
proud about now. <laughs>